Welcome to the American Nomad Podcast, hosted by the legend himself, or as I refer to him, the legend in his own mind, Rav Holly. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, the American Nomad, Rav Holly. It is July the 5th. Monday, July the 5th, 2021. Looks like we got an excellent connection here. Uh, we're just streaming on the good old YouTuber today. So not sure how this is going to work out, uh, but we're, it's been, God, like, uh, man, it's been a while since I've streamed on just YouTube and, you know, not using StreamYard, my $30 a month software. I'm still paying for it, but I wanted to do a test stream today just for the YouTube and see how it does. Uh, see how I see how well I work it. Uh, how well I can work the stream. Uh, this is what I've been using to record videos. Uh, I guess some of you might have seen a couple of videos I've uploaded that weren't streams. Uh, hey Matilda, good to see you. Random Slacker, good to see you, aka Random Nomad. Good to have you guys here. Let's see, I'm supposed to be able to see how many people I have in the chat on YouTube, but I don't know if that's working or not. Doesn't look like it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's see, yeah, it doesn't show how many. I know there was used to be a way. I don't remember how I used to do that. It's kind of crazy. Let's see, that doesn't work. Man, it's been so long since I've used just this YouTube thing. It's crazy. I don't even remember how to do it. It's working though, right? You guys see me? You can hear me? How's the, how's the sound? Looks like the stream elements bot's working. Cool. Got you guys here. Let's jump back in here and we'll go to our B camera. Make sure it's working okay. Oh yeah, beat cameras up. It's kind of weird because I have a little delay on YouTube. It shows, and so I change my on my screen over here. It changes, but on my YouTube screen, it just changed. Think random stacker. Oh yeah, I keep saying slacker, huh? Random stacker. Sorry about that, man. I'm so used to calling you random nomad. Anyway, let's get back to a camera there. Good to see you, Matilda. Yeah, I don't like this freaking, uh, let's see here. This thing is way, I don't know what, there used to be a different screen I used to have. I don't know, I don't know how I used to do this. Chat's like way weird now. There we go. That's better. It's not perfect. Let's see if I can blow it up here a little bit. There we go. Now it's better. And the random stacker says, all good. I can switch over to that channel if you like. No, dude, you're good, man. You're perfect. No worries. Not that big a deal. 
Okay, so that's showing me. I got two concurrent viewers. We've been going four minutes and 25 seconds. So anyway, guys, I uh, just want to jump into the show today and what we're talking about. A little bit different topic. Uh, I have been racking my brain trying to figure out something that I could do that uh, would be more wholesome. That won't get the, you know, the the YouTube overlords upset with me because I really need to get back to getting this channel remonetized uh, and uh, you know getting 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 it going again uh, as far as uh, you know making a little money off of it and I really am looking at uh, you know getting my other channel working again as well trying to get both of these channels up and running uh, I was expecting since the pandemic is over to get work and I've, I got a little bit of work and man, it's dried up again. So I really need to like concentrate and focus on actually making this YouTube thing work. So I've been racking my brain trying to figure out like, what can I do? Like what kind of content can I do? And it's funny because I've been watching all these reaction videos for a while. But for some reason, I just never saw myself doing reaction videos. Uh, yeah, I'm going to probably get back to Nomad News. Uh, it's kind of funny, Random Stacker, because I, uh, I checked my analytics the other day. Because my problem is, is I can't focus. I have ADHD, I guess. I don't know. I've never been diagnosed with that. So I don't I. That could be complete bullshit, but I like to focus on one thing at a time. So when I abandoned, or when I started this channel back for the podcast, I completely abandoned the Nomad News channel. I never check it. I never check the, the I never even sign into that. I, I use one account. So for the last year, year and a half, since I've been doing the podcast, uh, I've been on this American Nomad channel, and I basically abandoned the Nomad News channel. Now, when I started the Nomad News channel, I did the exact same thing to this channel. This channel used to have over 6,000 subscribers, and then I abandoned it and went over to the Nomad News because I have a hard time concentrating on two channels. But I'm really going to start trying to fix that uh, because I should be able to, I should be able to, create content for more than one channel, even though I struggle sometimes to create ch content just for one. So, uh, you know, hopefully I'm going to be able to get back over there to Nomad News. The reason being is I got on the other day to Nomad News. I signed on the first time in six months, probably. And uh, just to check, see the comments and uh, went through the con. There was a bunch of comments I went through and the craziest thing about it was the analytics. That channel is doing 15, 20 times better than this channel, which makes me so irritated because it was right the opposite. When I started the Nomad News channel, that's why I got discouraged because I would come over to this channel and look and it would be doing so much better than the Nomad News channel. And I'm like, why am I wasting my time on this Nomad News channel when the it was, it wasn't a mirror. It was, uh, what was the channel called at that time? I think it was just my name, Rav Holly. No, I changed it. 
But anyway, this channel was doing so much better than the the other channel was Vagabond Days. Uh, and then it went when I was living in my old RV berth and traveling around. It was Vagabond Days. And then I changed it to Nomad News and started doing the Nomad News thing. That never seemed to take off. So finally I gave up and like, well, okay, I'll try to do a podcast. So that's when I came over here, changed everything to American Nomad from my original name of Rav Holly and started the American Nomad podcast and have struggled along with this thing for a year and a half, almost two years. It's never done anything. And as a matter of fact, I've got demonetized. So it's worse off than it was when I was just leaving the channel dormant. I go back over, look at the other channel. The same thing as it used to be with this channel. It's killing it. The traffic is crazy over there. And I'm working every single week on this channel, doing two or three shows a week and getting nothing on this channel. So anyway, I'm looking for something that's wholesome, that the YouTube algorithm is not going to frown on, that the YouTube overlords aren't going to frown on. That's just decent, wholesome content that's not too, uh, uh, what's the word? It's not too, uh, oh my gosh, can't think of the word I'm trying to think of. It's not too, uh, uh, can't think of the word I'm trying to think of. It, it's just regular, there's nothing that's, uh, sensational about it it's just regular content you know what i mean there's no politics in it or anything like that none of my major opinions on any kind of political front or anything like that where i'm not up on my soapbox and uh <clears throat> you know so anyway let's see what the comments say random stacker no man news matilda says i love that channel Nomad News, is that demonetized as well? No, Nomad News is not demonetized. I just got paid, and it's because of the Nomad News channel that I literally have. That's one reason I went back over there. Yeah, controversial. Thank you, Matilda. Jesus Christ. Uh, could not think of that word to save my life. Let's see. Maybe because of the popularity of the Nomad Land movie. Could be. Could be. Is why your other channel is getting traction. Could be, possibly. I think that's the world we're looking for. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, Matilda. Thank you so much. Was controversial. So I don't want to do anything that's controversial or anything like that. I'm just looking for something that's pretty tame uh, that can get me back in the good graces of YouTube so I can get this channel. I want to get this channel back to remonetize so I can really focus on, you know, creating content. And, uh, I actually kind of want to create content for both channels and just kind of feed. I, th I think I've got everything set up now where I can feed, you know, one channel content and then this one as well. You know what I mean? Uh, I've kind of got my setup, you know, here now. I think I've got my setup here where I can do, uh, you know, Nomad News, kind of using somewhat of the same setup I have here on this channel, and then do the podcast once a week. And then hopefully I can start getting some Nomads on the other channel to do live interviews on the other channel. And if I can do that, then I will keep my StreamYard software and keep paying for it. If not, then I'm probably going to let it go. Uh, and then it'll be, uh, I should still be able to do, they have a free version that works. It just uh, has like a big 
StreamYard watermark on it. But if it'll save me 30 bucks a month, then I'll just use the free. I've been paying for the, the 30 bucks a month now for months. So anyway, that is what I have on the agenda coming up, hopefully. But without further ado, let's jump into uh, reacting to this freaking video, this channel. I'm going to put the link in the channel. I'm going to put the link in the description to this channel. So I don't even know how I found this channel. I was just surfing around the other night on YouTube, probably about a week or two ago. And one of these videos popped up in my feed. And I don't know, you know, you just mindlessly click on things that grab your attention. And this channel, this video grabbed my attention. And this is the first video that I saw. And then I went through and watched about five or six other videos and my mind was literally blown because this gentleman that runs this channel is here like in Malibu or Southern California and he takes his drone out and flies it over the beach in the ocean and records sharks. And we always wonder, you always wonder when you're on the shore or on the beach, you know, or you're getting in the water and stuff. And, you know, you always think to yourself, you know, you, we know there's sharks out there. But, you know, anytime I go in the water, I think there's sharks out there. And maybe there's one, you know, within a 20 or 30 mile stretch. There might be one or two, but they're probably not even close to us. The, the, these, this drone footage that this gentleman has been taking lets us see just how saturated the coast is here in California with sharks from looks like tiger sharks, maybe blue sharks, great whites, uh, mostly great whites, uh, a lot of young great whites, but mostly great whites. And they are literally, they're literally just within feet of surfers, paddleboarders, and children on paddleboards. So we're going to react. I'm going to we're going to watch this one video that I've already seen it, but we're going to go back through it. And uh, I want you guys to see this. And uh, you know, if you're interested, you know, follow this guy's channel because I was pretty pretty impressed myself in this channel. So let's click over here. It says two kids swim near a great white shark and prove people are fishing for white sharks in California. Great white sharks are huge. Yeah, this this shark here, you can see right here, this is a pretty young shark. It's not a, this is like what you would call a juvenile, probably, you know, maybe seven foot, maybe, maybe six and a half, seven foot, maybe eight foot long. Oh no, random stack of your phone crashed. Glad you made it back, buddy. Uh, so we're going to go through this. Let's hopefully you guys can hear it. Let me know if you can hear this because I've got all this stuff set up and haven't used it except to record. I haven't used it for a live stream. So let me know how well you guys can hear it. I can turn it up if need. No, I got it all the way up. So you should be able to hear it. A lot of it is uh, <clears throat> captions that he's typed out as well. So let's uh, let's see what it says.
shark warning signs were visible on the beach while these are juvenile sharks for the most part. It's wise to remember that with youth comes inexperience. Okay, random stacker, no problem, buddy. And with shark sites rising, and that can endanger both humans and sharks. So the guy that does I this channel is the Malibu artist. Through the months. This is one of them. Notice the two scars on its pectoral fin. Likely from an encounter with another shark or a seal. This is a natural scar. But not all scars are natural. And unfortunately, I'm witnessing more and more human-induced scars and injuries on white sharks. Recently, I had a viewer tell me that there may be targeted white shark fishing occurring off the California coast. So I set out to find proof. And this week, I found this one. It's a tagged shark, one I've seen many times before. But this time, it has a large hook in its mouth. And this is no ordinary hook. This is a very large J-hook, the type used purposely to catch a very large fish. Somebody is trying to catch white sharks. Yeah, if you can't and tell sharks that sharks get a huge mouths, hook in its mouth. become agitated sharks. In fact, one recent shark attack in California was the result of a white shark having been hooked and agitated in an area with swimmers nearby. Here's another shark. This time, it's not a hook. This shark is actually wrapped in the heavy fishing line, causing the line to rip into its skin. I asked the scientists at the shark lab at California State University, Long Beach, to review the footage. They were able to confirm that this is an example of fishing line wrapped around a shark. Here's another shark. Notice the dark patch just in front of the dorsal fin. This is likely a boat strike scar. Allison Towner, a shark biologist in South Africa, who co-wrote a study on shark prop strikes and their healing process, brought this to my attention after I shared the footage with her. It's thought that white sharks are not as likely to get struck by a boat as dolphins or whales, but I've often witnessed reckless boat behavior, and this certainly puts that train of thought to doubt. Just watch this boat speed through a beach near shore. There are four sharks in total in this clip. The unfortunate thing about this is that this behavior comes from a boat allegedly giving shark tours. Right here, it comes extremely close to hitting not one, but two sharks. That was a close call but it proves that sharks may actually get struck easier than once believed. But it's not just humans in boats chasing sharks. Sometimes it's humans on paddle boards. Here's an example. While paddle boarding in itself is not necessarily a disturbance to the sharks, actively chasing them into shallow waters can be a problematic situation. Okay, let's stop for just a second. <clears throat> Because when I saw this, I literally could not believe it. So there's a couple out here on paddle boards. And, you know, if, if you don't know paddle boards, if you've never been on a paddle board, it's just a, 
it's it's basically a plastic usually a plastic some of them are wood most of them are a plastic board a plastic board but it's like a plastic that's just encased uh it's just styrofoam encased in plastic so if a big shark wanted to bite through that paddleboard it would have no problem biting through that paddleboard and here you literally have a couple <clears throat> that are literally chasing a shark around on their freaking paddleboards. I'm back. Had to get my pizza. Good job, Random Stagger. Matilda, I was in South Africa and went into the shark cage, so I saw them up close. It was incredible. They chummed the water to get the sharks up close. They were huge. Matilda, that is freaking amazing. In South Africa, there because South Africa is infested with sharks more than California. That's freaking amazing. I've never been to South Africa. That's so funny. Uh, the you, your uh, your last comment got uh, moderated. I had to approve it, Matilda. It's so funny. I don't even have that much moderation on. I don't know why that happens. Oh, that sounds good, RS. Yeah, it does. That pizza does sound good. Actually, yeah, I had pizzas just a couple of nights ago, so it doesn't sound that great to me. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so watch this couple. They're literally the great white capital of the world. Yes, South Africa is the great white capital of the world. Cape Town. All right, so uh, let's, uh, there's actually beaches that you're, you're not even supposed to swim or surf because of all the sharks and people go there to surf all the time from what I've heard. Situation. Notice the children about to enter the water at the top of the frame while the paddleboarders chase the shark into the shallow water. As a parent, would you want paddleboarders chasing sharks into the shallows? As you can see here, the shark did not want anything to do with the humans. And yet I witnessed this activity for nearly 20 minutes as the shark was chased back and forth along the beach. The following clip is probably the... Let's just say right there, that's why aliens won't visit us, and that's why we can't have nice things. Because you literally have these, you have morons, literal morons in the world. You have to be a literal, literal literally, you have to be a moron to be in open ocean on a paddleboard and chasing a great white shark around. And trying to, what are they, what are they going to do? What are they trying to do? Pet it? And the girl was reaching in the water. If you saw the beginning of the video, she's like tapping on the water and reaching in the water, like down on her knees on the paddleboard. Like, come here, sharky, sharky. Let me pet you. People are freaking, I'm not going to use our word. Going to keep this, uh, yeah, it just, I just don't get it. I mean, but you know, you always have those people. There's always those people. Doesn't matter if it's Florida man or California. You think people are smarter than that? Nope. No, they're not. It's just plain stupidity. Yeah, some paddleboards are just air inflated. Most of the paddleboards here in California are, are actually styrofoam boards. I don't see too many inflated paddleboards here. Most, most of the inflated paddleboards are people that are traveling in their vehicles and stuff and don't have a roof rack for a paddleboard. But most of the people here in California have them. Like, even dumb people was held for moderation. 
Trav man, what is going on, buddy? You want to see what sharks can do? Check out Seal Island. Yeah, I've seen those videos, Trav man. Give me a second here. My microphone is falling. There we go. Maybe that fixes it. All right, let's get back in the video here. Welcome to show, Trav, man. We're watching the shark videos. Single largest example why is beachgoers respecting these animals is vital. Perhaps pursuing the sharks is not the best way to coexist with them. Remember the shark with the two scars? Here it is again. This time, it made me a bit concerned. Now watch this. This video is insane. Those this are two kids on paddleboards. But I can't help but, but imagine if a situation like this would be or boogie boards. They're not even paddleboards. Or agitated. They're little boogie boards that are like half your body size. In its mouth. Who knows? But the reality is, this is another shark encounter where the shark did not And the kids don't even know the shark's there. However... It does underscore the fact that we are in the presence of an apex predator. If that shark wanted to eat those kids, those kids would be eight. He's right under them now. Looking at this again, you'll notice one of the kids turns his head three times. That's because I'm standing on shore yelling at him and giving the universal shark sign but they did not respond. I spoke to the kids afterward and advised them to not go too far into the water for the time being. I did not find their parents. The kids, they actually went back in. They just didn't go as far as they were. As a reminder, I am not a marine bi biologist, but I do provide data to scientists around the world. I encourage independent verification of everything on this channel, and I encourage you to read the citations in the video description below. And if you like this content, please subscribe. I've also attached some links to organizations that are actively involved in protecting our oceans. Please pay them a visit. So anyway, this guy, uh, the the Malibu artist, really like his channel. Uh, he's got a bunch of other videos if you want to check them out. I just wanted to uh, watch that one with you guys. And one thing I will say about the videos watching his channel was very surprising to me how prevalent the sharks are. Because we have this misconception here in California, like I said, that, uh, you know, sharks are few and far between. We know there's sharks out there when we go in the water. We know that there's sharks out there. But for some reason, you know, you just have this misconception that they're, you know, they're just, you know, there are a few sharks and, you know, there might be one way out to sea or, but there's probably not going to be any up close to the shore where you're at. Watching this guy's videos, has completely changed my mind on that because they're everywhere. 
and it's pretty crazy to watch these sharks and you have surfer like i said you have surfers you have paddleboarders you have people on boogie boards like those kids we just saw and they're literally feet i'm not talking about 30 20 25 30 feet i'm talking about six seven feet the sharks right below them so it really blew my mind as well not just the amount of sharks that we have here in california just right off the beach we're talking about from the water's edge to about 20 25 feet out they're not 100 or 200 yards out in the water they're right there right there where the sand meets the water so you know about you know 25 30 yards you know from from the sand max and it's lots of sharks he has lots of videos this is just one that we watched but he has lots of videos and all his videos are the same thing he's got one video that i watched the other day where there's like a bunch of surfers there's probably 10 or 15 surfers surfing not even not even seeing what's going on and like one surfer catches a wave and the shark goes under him and his board as he catches the wave and there's like five or six sharks just right behind them they're catching waves sitting on their boards uh, getting ready to catch the waves watching the waves come up and they don't even realize there's four or five sharks just literally a uh, car link you know maybe a couple of car links right behind them just just slowly maneuvering around Another thing that really surprised me with these videos, though, is just how docile these sharks are. So I've always heard them say, you know, the experts, well, you know, if a shark attacks a person, you know, it's a mistake because they, you know, they must they must they mistook the person for a seal or, you know, something of that nature. And I always thought, I don't know about that. Watching these videos you can tell these sharks have really no interest in the people as far as a food source. They're just kind of like, they look more like dolphins, you know? I mean, that's the kind of the way dolphins act, except dolphins get more excited and, you know, swim around really quick when they're around people and kind of show off. But these sharks look like they're just kind of, you know, just moseying around, just trying to get in close to see what's going on. Uh, it really, really surprised me uh, by the amount of sharks uh, that we have here right off the California coast. And a big, um, a big thing in these videos is all the scars. Like that one shark, you probably couldn't see it in the video, but he has like a huge, huge shark hook hooked in his mouth. So whoever was, you know, somebody hooked him, and was trying to reel him into the boat, and the line broke loose from the hook. So the hook stayed in the shark's mouth. So the shark is literally swimming around with this huge uh, steel or aluminum, probably aluminum. It's aluminum because it's all shiny steel and it's been in salt water. Aluminum fish hook uh, in his mouth. You know, and that's the kind of thing that, like, just like this gentleman said, that, you know, irritates a shark. That's when a shark could attack you. You know what I mean? Uh, that just the shark swimming around with that freaking hook stuck in his mouth can't be, uh, you know, pleasant. But if those sharks 
you know, wanted to attack, just like those little boys right there. You just saw those two kids. They look like they were how old, maybe 10, maybe 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, maybe 12. I don't think they were that old. I think they were more in the, you know, 9, 10, 11 year old range on those boogie boards, which a boogie board, if you don't know, if you've never seen a boogie board, you know, it's, it's like three foot. It's like half your body, you know. It's like half, you know, on a, a boogie board comes like to my belly button to my head. They're not very big. You're supposed to just lay on them and, you know, in the back part of your body just kind of drags off and you just kind of surf the you body, surf the waves on them. So they're not, a, you know, they're not very big. <clears throat> Let's jump back into the chat here and see what you guys have to say. Matilda says, oh my, oh my God, you must have been talking about the little boys in the water with a shark right under him. Trav man, just a quick YouTube search Seal Island and you'll see what kind of pictures and what they do. Sharks can jump right out of the water for preying, preying on their food. And that was good. Now time for a smoky treat. Uh, wouldn't you be pissed off too if you had a hook? Oh yeah, for sure definitely would but you know in the other there was another shark it showed and that shark was wrapped up in like some kind of fishing line so you know it's uh i don't know i don't know what to say about that it's it's people you know that's what we do we fish and stuff but it's just a shame that the wildlife suffers you know for the for that kind of crap yeah i've seen all the shark videos i've seen sharks in real life uh trav man i've seen them breach I've seen sharks breach getting seals. I've seen them breach out of the water. I saw one shark probably that was probably, he was probably about 16, 17 foot long. And he breached about his body length, about 15 foot up in the air, getting a seal. Uh, if you go out towards uh, Catalina Island, out Catalina Island out here, it's deep ocean, and there's sharks out, big sharks out there, out that way. And it's funny because they have like a whole scuba diving school out there on the island on Catalina Island. And there's big sharks around Catalina Island. Like these sharks that they're showing in the in the video here, they all look like adolescents. They're not very big white sharks. They're all young white sharks that are you know six, seven, eight foot long. But I've seen some big sharks out in the ocean. Let's see. Matilda says, I've been ocean swimming since I can remember as a kid. Well, you've been right here in Southern California, Matilda. Uh, I can remember as a kid, my mom took us to the beach every day. After Jaws, it took me years to get completely comfortable in the water again in New Zealand. Yeah. I can understand that. You know, it, that's what I'm saying. Cause you know, like, uh, going here in the water here in California, I just, you know, <clears throat> I always, you know, you know, there's sharks because, you know, like in seal beach, like the last, I don't know, four or five years, like every year or two years or so, there's like a whole news thing. They take a news helicopter up there. Cause they'll be like, like a couple of years ago, there was like a whole school of like, great white sharks right off of seal beach there was literally like 15 to 25 sharks right right by the beach i mean right off the beach 
<clears throat> and so the lifeguards closed the beach, everything, and then there was like one or two surfers that refused to come out of the water. I could not believe it. They refused to come out of the water. There's literally like a whole school of great white sharks, and they wouldn't we're going to keep surfing. Matilda says, in New Zealand, I swam on the ocean with dusky dolphins. It was so cool swimming in the ocean and their environment, not some big tank. Are you, Matilda, are you from New Zealand? I thought you were actually from here in Southern California. Trabman says, then you got people saying that there is a whale that was washed up with its tail bitten off by a megalodon that are supposed to be extinct. When was this, Trav, man? I haven't heard that. Now, I know up in Northern California, I guess there's been like eight or nine whales that's washed up on the shore, and they don't know what's causing that. They had like eight or nine whales at one time here, like a week ago. <clears throat> yes, people live at Catalina Island. Catalina Island's beautiful. If you check my older videos, I have a video where me and my buddy Corey flew out to Catalina Island. Uh, on a little uh, single-engine prop plane. It was just me and him. And we grabbed the airplane there in Long Beach and flew out to Catalina Island. It was my birthday and had lunch and then flew back. It's a very... It's 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 a weird airport to land at because you the runway just drops off the cliff. So you got to come in, you know, and like when we were leaving... There's a plane that just fell off the end of the runway that's like right down underneath the runway. It's a weird landing. They say it's the, one of the hardest airplane. They say it is one of the hardest airports in the world to land at. We really didn't have any problem. I put like a, I don't know, I put like a, it was an old video. I put like a clickbait title up back in the day. Random Stacker says, I've been swimming with sea turtles before. That was cool. Did that in Mexico. Never swam with sea turtles. You know, I've never, I've been in the ocean, but I've never, I've never, you know, I like, so that's a lie. Because I ran into a sand shark. Didn't know what it was at the time. I learned afterwards what it was. I was in Miami. And, and I love the water in Miami because it's warm or it's, you know, it's like bath water. The water here in California, if you don't know, is cold. It's way too cold to get in. I'm not a big fan of the water here in California. I don't get in the water that often here. It's just too cold. It's like 40 degrees. Even when it's 90 to 100 degrees outside, the water is freezing. It's like ice water. And that's just not enjoyable for me. But in Miami, it's a whole different, it's a different world, man. It's a whole different world. Like, I don't know what it is, but you can walk out and you can get into like almost neck deep water and then hit a sandbar and be way out. You can be like a hundred yards, like a football field from the beach where you can barely see the people and you can hit a sandbar and walk all the way up and the water is just ankle deep and you're way out in the ocean. It's crazy the way, the way Florida is or the way Miami is. And I don't know, it's probably 2002, three, four, somewhere in there. I was down there with a buddy of mine, Will. And he, he's, he, he's a black guy, so he wouldn't get in the water. Wouldn't get in the water. He's scared of the water. But I go out there, and we've been drinking, and it's Miami, having a good time. And so 
I wanted to just kind of freak him out, you know, because he's scared of the water. And he's telling me I was crazy just getting in the water. So I went way out and just, I was, I said, well, you know, I thought to myself, I'll go until it gets, you know, until I'm swimming. I'll walk, keep walking until I'm swimming. So I walked and walked and walked and it stayed. It finally got, you know, chest deep. And then finally it started getting up to my chin. And about that time I had a sandbar. And then it got shallow again. Well, as I'm walking, I'm looking back and I'm way out in the ocean, way, way out in the ocean. And uh, I mean, people can barely see me. I can, you know, I can see the beach, but it's way over there. But I'm still not in water that's over my head. So I'm, I, I start walking across the sandbar and finally the sandbar starts getting a little bit deeper. So I get back into where it's just up to the waters, just up to the top of our, uh, my shorts, where it's just like nipping my shorts. And I'm looking back at the beach and I turn around and, you know, I'm kind of stepping, I'm a little, little tipsy. So I'm just kind of stepping through the water. And I turn looking at the beach to see if I can see Will to see if he's like looking like going, oh my God, guy's crazy. And I'm looking back and then I turn around to look and I caught a glimpse of it out, out of my eye. But as I step, my leg goes into something and the something goes all the way across my leg. And I was like, oh, I knew it was a shark because I saw it. Under, I just caught a glimpse of it, but you know, the water was kind of like a real emerald green and what it was, whatever it was, or the, it was, you know, like an emerald green too. So <clears throat> needless to say, I went right back to the beach. So I didn't know what it was. Like I told, you know, I got back to the, I didn't tell Will cause I didn't want him to go, Oh my, I told you, I told you not to go out and I told you not to go that, you know, I knew he'd be better than later on that night. I was like, man, I was walking out in the freaking ocean today. And like I hit a sandbar and the water was like, you know, barely waist deep. And I was walking along there and I think I hit a shark. It looked like a shark. It looked like a, a little, or I mean, like a four foot shark. And somebody goes, oh, yeah, 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 that's a sand shark. They won't hurt you. They can't hurt you. I was like, oh, sand shark. So I had to look that up. But, uh, yeah, so it was a sand shark. But I didn't know it at the time what it was. But I knew it was a shark because it definitely looked like a shark. didn't look like a dolphin. You know, at that time, I didn't even know if they had dolphins there or seals or anything or, you know, what's over there. But, uh, you know, everybody, you know, one of the, it was actually one of the girls. She's like, oh yeah, there's sand sharks everywhere. It's more likely it was just a sand shark. And I was like, oh yeah. But literally I like, I didn't run back to the beach, but I made really good time getting back to the beach. I got back to the beach a lot quicker than I got out there. Uh, let's see. Matilda says, remember when the school teacher was eaten by a great white? She was in a black wetsuit. Experts think she was mistaken for a seal. Yes, Cali native, but spent two months in New Zealand. That's freaking awesome. I don't remember the school teacher. What year was that, Matilda? I remember the school teacher getting eaten by a shark. We don't have that many shark attacks here in California. And that's what I'm saying about these videos. If you go watch this guy, the, the Malibu artist videos, it's amazing how many sharks we have. I mean, it's not like just a couple. There's a bunch. 
Like he's got videos that show like five, six, seven sharks. You got people on surfboards or boogie boards or right there on the beach and you got five, six, seven sharks just right out there with them. That's insane. His videos are really good. What he's doing, the conservation thing or what, you know, he's like documenting these sharks uh, with his drone. Pretty, pretty freaking cool stuff. Uh, <clears throat> Travman says about six years ago, you can search up whale washing up with its tail bitten off. Hmm. Y'all have to check that out. Uh, Random Stacker says when I was younger, I got to pet a nurse shark on a school field trip in the, like the eighth grade. That's pretty cool. Matilda, yes, the Atlantic is so much warmer. In Hawaii, the Pacific is warm. Is it really in Hawaii? That's one state I've never been to is Hawaii. The funny thing is, is when I moved to California, I've said this on the podcast in the past, I had the chance to move either to California or Miami. And I had already been going to move to Miami for months. I'd already had my heart set on Miami. I'd already been out to Miami seen my buddy out there, Darren. Uh, he had a beautiful condo. He had a big, huge condo that well, not huge. It's like 1700 square feet that he had by himself. And, uh, you know, it, the bedroom was bigger than my office is here now. So, you know, he wanted to create content. This was back 2006. 2005 2006 because I moved out here in 2006 this is 2005 that's what he wanted to do was for me to move out to Miami and for us to create content YouTube stuff and I couldn't wait to do it and then I started weighing the odds because I had a job offer here in California for a mixed martial arts sports agency that was pretty that was brand new and you know trying to be responsible, you know, I got to thinking to myself, you know, well, you know, I'm going to have money coming in if I move to California, like I will, you know, I will be making money monthly because I'll have a job. So that's how I ended up in California, which I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, if I had it to do over again, I'd still probably do the same thing. I just wonder, you know, though, if I had moved to Miami, like how different my life would have been. You know, I never would have probably worked in the movie or, you know, the TV and the film industry. I never probably got into that. But I wonder if my photography career would have really taken off out there as a fashion and commercial photographer in Miami. It did here a lot in L.A. I mean, I got pretty high up as far as a photographer. But I don't know, just something, there's something about Miami that, uh, you know, when it comes used to when it came to photography it just kind of felt like that might be the place to be more than california it's always it what if or you know who knows what would have happened i might have moved to freaking florida and drowned and got drunk and drowned in the ocean who knows Let's see, Matilda says, the thing I miss most about Cali is the ocean. Tennessee has lots of rivers and lakes, but it's not the same. You know, that's true, Matilda. Yeah, I remember Flipper, kind of. The dolphin movie from the 70s, I think. It was August 2003. Yes, very warm, like the Atlantic in Florida. Hmm, that's pretty crazy. 
happy. I've never been to uh, Hawaii. You know what's funny, Matilda? We always talk about, you know, we, you know, the ocean this, the ocean that, and you know, when I talk to people that live in Tennessee or Texas or, you know, any of the flyover states, they always talk about the ocean. Oh my God, it would be so amazing to live in California. You're so lucky to live at the ocean by the ocean. You know, I lived in downtown Long Beach. Like I've lived in downtown Huntington Beach. I've lived within a five-minute walk to the Huntington Beach Pier. I've lived in downtown Long Beach for seven, eight years where it was a 10-minute walk to the beach. You know, when I first moved out here, I went to the beach all the time. I haven't seen the beach. I haven't seen the beach in, I don't know, before the pandemic. I can't even remember the last time I seen the beach. I never go to the beach. It's just there. So weird. Uh, when you live here, you just kind of take it for granted, I guess. Like, I'm way more inland now because I'm in Fullerton. But for years, I lived, most of the time I've lived in California, as a matter of fact, until 2016. So from 2006, for 10 years, from 2006 to 20, nah, 2015, 2014, 2015 is when I moved out of Long Beach. But from 2006 to 2015, nine years, I lived within a five, 10 minute walk to the beach. The beach in, in Long Beach, though, it's hard to explain it to people, is it's not that great because the water's kind of stagnant because they have this big break wall because all the ships for the, the, for the port are always anchored way out in the distance, like waiting to get into port to offload all the big shipping container ships from China. They're all just lined up one after the other off the coast waiting because sometimes it takes them two or three days to get into port and get unloaded. They'll sit out there for a week sometimes trying to wait to get into port to get unloaded. So they have this big break wall, so there's no waves. So the water in Long Beach, it's kind it can be kind of funky at certain times of the year because it's there's no movement to the water because of the break wall the break wall. To where if you go down to like Huntington Beach, if you drive just 20 miles down to Huntington, you have huge waves. You know, it's Surf City USA. That's, you know, Huntington Beach. That's where the Beach Boy song, Surf City USA, that's where it's Huntington Beach. Random Stacker says, I still wish I would have stayed in Arizona and figured it out because I want to go back to Arizona high country. Yeah, I like Arizona as well, Random Stacker. Be cool to see the beach since since near Sea Ocean Beach, but I wouldn't want to live in Cali. Yeah, Cali's got some problems. Never seen Long Beach. Yeah, Long Beach is, uh, then there's Venice Beach. Yeah, there's Venice Beach. It's funny because Long Beach, the only thing that people know Long Beach by is like Snoop Dogg because Snoop Dogg's from Long Beach. But Long Beach is literally like the third biggest coastal city in the United States. It's crazy. You have, I mean, in, in California, not the United States, I'm sorry. The third biggest coastal city in the state of California. You have, well, I guess San Francisco. I don't know. Is San Francisco considered a coastal city? I don't think San Francisco is considered a coastal city because it's not right on the coast. Uh, but you have Los Angeles, San Diego, 
and then it's I, be, I believe it's either San Francisco or Long Beach. I think it's Long Beach. Oh yeah, and Sublime. Very true, Random Stacker. Good good call. Yeah, Prescott is really nice. I like Prescott. They shot uh is it Prescott? Yeah, I think it was no, it was uh it was Flagstaff. The Pittman Museum or what? The Air Museum. I shot a whole shot a whole ad campaign there for Louis Vuitton back many years ago at their air museum with a very well-known celebrity that's a good friend of mine man it's 52 minutes already it's crazy how fast this freaking this freaking uh podcast goes you know what and i forget i don't think i played the intro did i play the intro today i don't even think i played the intro Did everybody hear that Gwen Stefani and, uh, gosh, uh, anyway, Gwen Stefani got married and, uh, my God, dude, my brain is getting no paparazzi. Manhattan Beach, California is where many Hollywood folks hang out. Yeah, I think more Malibu. There's more celebrities up in Malibu. Malibu is like celebrity country. There are some in, in Manhattan Beach. I have friends that live in Manhattan Beach. I've spent a lot of time in Manhattan Beach. Yeah, Blake Shelton. <clears throat> Thank you, Matilda. Yeah, Gwen got married to Blake Shelton. <clears throat> They're a cute, really cute couple. So glad she finally got rid of freaking Gavin Rossdale. He's such a freaking loser. I was a big fan of Bush and Gavin Rosdell uh, until the way he treated freaking Gwen. What a dick. I mean, she's 50 years old and she's old like she's 30. Well, we got about five minutes left, guys. I like them as a couple, too. Yeah, I do, too. I'm not a big fan of his uh, ex-wife. What the hell's her name? Um, she's the country queen. My brain lately. I used to know all their names. It's funny, uh, though, because they are the odd couple. It's so crazy. Random Stacker says, hey, I like the band Bush. I like the band. I'm just not a big fan of Gavin Ross, though. I used to think that I used to be a huge fan of that band back in the day. When Gwen and him got together, I thought it was a great thing. And then he did nothing but cheat on her and treat her like crap. I didn't know the story behind Gavin and Gwen. Yeah, he treated her like crap for years. A lot of her music is about how, you know, them treating her like shit. Miranda Lambert. Thank you, Matilda. Yeah, not a big Miranda Lambert fan. Oh, she's an Oklahoma girl. I think she looks like a possum. She could be like uh, George Jones's daughter. So funny. It was funny because a friend of mine, she was 
saying when when uh, Blake and Miranda Lambert kind of broke up and uh, Blake started uh, dating uh, Gwen, a couple of my friends, girl, lady friends from Texas were like, oh my God, I don't know what he sees in that skinny California girl. Like she doesn't hold a candle to Miranda. I was like, are you out of your mind? He's so much more attractive than Miranda Lambert. Not a fan of Miranda Lambert as far as looks. She's got some a few good songs I like, but when it comes to the looks department, I, I've had a huge crush on Gwen Stefani for 20 years now. I've driven all over this country listening to their Return to Saturn CD when it came out, like in 2004. My ex-wife took me to a Gwen Stefani or to a No Doubt concert like my 33rd birthday something like that at the Bronco Bowl in Dallas which is not even there anymore oh man I wonder what year let's see if we can pull some stuff up before we kill this podcast that'd be pretty that'd be some good history for you guys you guys ever heard of the Bronco Bowl let's see if I can bring it up it was this cool old like auditorium in Dallas that had like uh it had like it was just it was cool it had like pool tables and like an arcade and all of this stuff in there like Jeff Jethro Tull 1996 that was like the time I saw Gwen Stefani no it was later than that Carrot Top Live at the Bronco Bowl in Dallas Pantera yeah they were there all the time that's 84 is Pantera. I used to hang out with Vinnie Paul and Dimebag at the at their strip club, the clubhouse <clears throat> that they owned. And most people don't know that they owned and uh, that uh, they owned before they passed away. Richard Mullins. Drowning Pool at the Bronco Bowl 2001. Drowning Pool. Corey Amos 2001. I think it closed around The Clash. Damn, 82. Pantera, 84, Tenacious D, 2002. I wonder what year the Bronco Bowl closed. Let's see if we can go back and find a Wikipedia, maybe. Let's see if they have a Wikipedia. Oh, crap. That's not what I was looking for. You know, it's funny because my computer runs a lot slower not using StreamYard because StreamYard uses uh, it's all web-based so I guess the resources on your computer is not as taxing let's see Bronco Bowl Dallas Wiki National Bowling League what the Bronco Bowl. Gotta be it, right? Yep, it was in Oak Cliff. Let's see what this says. It says Oak Cliff Bronco Bowl opened opened in 1962 with Hollywood celebrity Jane Mansfield headlining the event. <clears throat> the 3,500-seat Oak Cliff Theater hosted an array of acts, including alternative rock bands Lincoln Park, Mexican Cruiser, Jose Jose 
and the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. It was shuttered 15 years ago, but Gould said he's often wondered why. The Bronco Bowl was originally built on the 2600 block of Fort Worth Avenue in Dallas for National Bowling League tournaments in 1961. In its heyday, the entertainment complex had 72 bowling lanes. Holy crap. Three batting cages, an indoor golf driving range, and an indoor archery range, and a concert arena. It was considered one of the country's largest bowling alleys. As locals began to lose interest in competitive bowling in the 80s, the complex morphed into a popular concert venue where The Clash, U2, The Cure, Pantera, and many others played. But by the ni- but by 1990, its owners claimed the entertainment complex was no longer profitable and closed its bowling lanes and other sports operations. The concert arena renovation... What? Concert arena... Remained open until 92. Gibbs Construction purchased the Bronco Bowl two years later for $1.15 million. Wow, is that all? $1.15 million as part of a bankruptcy recognition between the companies of its original owners, Keith Little. He led the group of investors who bought the abandoned complex at the time. The entertainment complex reopened as a concert hall in 96, January of 96, with a sold-out Bruce Springsteen concert following a $5 million renovation. The new, Bronco, the new Bronco Bowl had a 10,000-square-foot arcade, 38 bowling lanes, and a banquet meeting place. Despite the upgrades, its financial troubles soon emerged. The complex reported a nearly 1 million operating loss during its first quarter and was forced to lay off 25 members of its 300-person staff. Tony Gibbs, the owner of the vice president of Gibbs Construction, said in '96 that the concerts... Concerts and special events had been successful, but the demand for daytime bowling had not. Construction comp- the construction company sold the Bronco Bowl later that year to an unidentified group of local investors. The news reported by the 2000s, the Bronco Bowl had a 3,500-seat venue, 22 bowling lanes, a Mexico City urban-style dance club, an outdoor rodeo arena, the Bronco Group LTD, which owned the entertainment center, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in 2003. After 40 years of events, the complex was raised in October. Wow, tore down, yeah. In October of 2003 and replaced with a Home Depot that continues to operate today. Man, that's so sad. That place was amazing. The only bad thing about it, as far as the concert venue, the greatest thing about the concert venue is, I wonder if there's any inside pictures of the concert. Let's see. Concerts. Let's see images. There we go. So here we go. So the coolest thing about the Bronco Bowl was I think there wasn't this seating when we were there. This seating right here wasn't there. This seating up here was there, but this seating down here wasn't there because we were standing. So I remember when I saw No Doubt, like uh, I was right in front of the stage. Like Gwen Stefani was just a little over an arm length away from me. We were light right at the front of the stage. Like right in front of the stage. That is not the Bronco Bowl. But yeah, that is the old Bronco Bowl. Let's see what uh 
is that? The Ramones live at the Bronco Bowl. Wow, the Ramones. How cool is that? Oh, here we go. Yeah, so this is this is what the stage looked like. So that's what it looked like when we were there. But it didn't have all this this circus looking stuff. But that was the venue. Twenty five hundred seat concert hall. I think that's it. Looks like it. Yeah, that place had so much freaking history, man. It's really sad that it closed. Yeah, it wasn't. It's so funny because it was not fancy. It was just a freaking, on the outside, it was just like a bowling alley. But look at the inside of it. The place was really before its time. It said it had 70 lanes and all kinds of indoor stuff. Indoor driving range. All this stuff that we have now that they're building like in Las Vegas and stuff. Yeah, it had pool tables. All this stuff that they're building now, the Bronco Bowl was years ago. I don't even think there's any venues like that anymore. Anyway, I don't even know how I got off on that. Talking about Gwen Stefani. All right, guys, we are five minutes after. Let's run back through the chat really quick, and then we're going to get off of here. Matilda says Gavin was sleeping with a nanny and used his iPhone to take pictures of her naked and the picture showed up on the kid's iPad. Family shared a cow. What an idiot. Yeah, it wasn't just the nanny. It had been having affairs for years, but that was the one that broke the camel's back. Uh, wow, phone does not want to work today. That's not good, random stacker. What are we talking about? Uh, Tradman says, list for the trip to the beach. Sunblock, mosquito spray, shark pant. Epiphrine for jellyfish. Epiphrine for jellyfish stings. May as well just give me my spacesuit. That's funny. Ravzel stomping around. Jellyfish stings really hurt. Yeah, they do. I've never seen a jellyfish in California. Have you ever seen any jellyfish in California, Matilda? Oh, you've had had many you've had many stings matilda jesus i can't imagine life on another planet the life on our planet is pretty hard enough to deal with wait go to australia we had it easy up here it's way worse in australia anyway guys that is going to do it for this podcast i want to thank the just listeners for the audio version if you're just listening to the audio version of this podcast uh, you can check out the video version. If you'd like to watch the videos or anything we discussed, you can uh, see the video version on YouTube at American Nomad. And with that being said, that's going to do it for this episode of the American Nomad podcast. And if, if all goes well, we'll see you guys Wednesday. I'm still up in the air about what I'm doing here. So I don't know. Uh, don't know if I'll be just streaming to YouTube or how we're going to do this. There's a possibility I'm going to switch over to just streaming on Twitch at some point, but I'm not sure yet, and just uploading videos to here. Maybe doing one show a week live here. I'm not sure yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm going to do this.
because the deal is, is I could record it. I could just stream to Twitch, record it, and then just upload the video to YouTube. So still trying to figure it out, see what I'm going to do. But uh, anyway, that's going to do it. You guys have an amazing, an amazing, amazing week. And like I said, if all goes well, we will see you back here Wednesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for listening to the American Nomad Podcast. Until next time, keep looking up because that's where it all is.